Good evening, brethren. Uh, once again, Brother Robert is here. Uh, we thank God uh, for your presence. I hope you're there. And uh, we so uh, blessed that we could have this uh, ministry uh, in spite of the um, pandemic still go going on right now. It's almost uh, two years. But, uh, you know, uh, the Lord, I mean, the devil cannot stop us uh, worshiping the Lord. Um, like what I said, in spite of what's going on right now, we can still meet uh, and preach the Word of God. And uh, we thank God for our pastors, um, uh, most of all for their uh, um, patience, for their love to the church. And uh, it's, um, I'm so glad that uh, we can have uh, this kind of ministry to strengthen us in our faith. So, but before we start, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Our precious God and loving Father, once again, we come before that throne tonight, O oh Lord. Uh, uh, we ask you, Lord, to speak to our heart, Lord, and and be, be in our midst tonight, O oh Lord. And you know those uh, people, O oh Lord, who are watching and listening about this uh, message, Lord. Lord, it's not all about me. It's all about you, Lord. May your name be glorified, O oh Lord. And, and Lord, we thank you once again, Lord, for forgiving us, Lord, from all our sins. And Lord, we know, Lord, that uh, we cannot do nothing without you. That's why we praise you and we glorify your name. And we thank you for everything that you have done in our life. Once again, Lord, um, you know my limitation, O oh God. And I pray that uh, you will be with me, O oh Lord. And fill me with thy Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. Put words in my mouth that I can utter to my brethren. And Lord, once again, may your name be glorified, Lord, in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight, um, <clears throat> the title of our uh, lesson is, uh, Who is the Holy Spirit? Okay, who is the Holy Spirit? For the majority of uh, Christian denomination, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is the belief, believe, sorry, to be the third person of the Trinity. A triune God manifested as a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, each entity itself being God. In our text, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 to 11, the Bible says, But be ye not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And in verse 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So my first point tonight is uh, um, to the question that uh, who is the Holy Spirit? And the, my first point is He is a gift to all who believe in Jesus. He is a gift to all who believe in Jesus. I only have five points tonight, brethren. Okay, so I'll be I'll be fast. All right. And um, all right. So in Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight, the Bible says, "Then Peter said unto them." Repent 
and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me start with this uh, story. A young boy's heart was stirred by the Holy Spirit and led him to repentance. That night his mom took him to see the Billy Graham movie The Prodigal in 1983. His motivation for going to the movie with his mom wasn't receiving salvation. It was getting a bag of Twizzlers and a fountain of soda. But his heart was so convicted by the spirit in that theater that when they got home, he crawled over or under his, uh, his bed, overwhelmed with certainty of his need of Jesus. He remembered that moment his mom walked into the bedroom to find him under the covers. When his mom leaned down to kiss him goodnight, he asked her to pray with him. He told her he wanted to put his trust in Jesus Christ and accept him as his Lord and Savior. By grace, he was saved to faith. That's in the, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved to faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But something else happens in that moment. When we receive eternal life, something we don't often talk about, something that most of us, including me, miss out on. And that's this. When we put our trust in Jesus, God puts his spirit in us. It's an extravagant exchange. All to our advantages and all for glory of God. Like in our text uh, in Romans 8, chapter 9, verse 11. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So salvation, brethren, is a gift we receive, not earned, when we repent and follow Jesus. Likewise, the Holy Spirit, Spirit is a gift we receive, not earned, when we repent and follow Jesus. So how well to think that believe in Jesus is the only prerequisite in receiving the powerful Holy Spirit inside us. This should stun us, and yet, I think a lot of us believe that having a Spirit-filled life looks more like a ladder to climb. We might think it looks like something like this. Step one, you receive salvation. And step two, maybe you get some sort of access to His Spirit. And step number three, maybe you get some measure of his supernatural power. Step four, maybe you get a spiritual gift, but maybe that's just for another Christians. And step five, step five, maybe you get the higher gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, we have a lot of verses to uh, uh, we'll study tonight. But covet earnestly the best gift. And yet, shew I unto you a more excellent way. So, but the Holy Spirit here isn't earned by the most moral or best, best behave. He, is, uh, he isn't reserved for the extreme. 
either the super spiritual or the super strange. Those are lies of the enemy to keep us from enjoying his spirit or enjoying his presence and knowing his power and enjoying sacred intimacy with the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit, brethren, is a priceless treasure deposited inside every believer at salvation. And number two point, he is for your good. So the Holy Spirit is his for our good. In John chapter 16, verse 5 to 7, the Bible says, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. He says, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. And in verse 7, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Of all the things I had missed about the Holy Spirit in my many years of following Jesus, what we'll discover is our passage today is the one that struck me the most and spurred me to know him better. Jesus saw that sorrow had filled the disciples' hearts because the word he spoke did not feel like a good news to them at all. They might have thought, how could Jesus say it's expedient for us that he returned to the Father? Being without Jesus could not possibly be to our advantage or for our good. The 12, disciple, 12 disciples weren't disappointed because they did not want the Holy Spirit. They were disappointed because it meant Jesus was going to depart. This was devastating news for the man who just spent three years by his side and under his leadership. This wasn't how they thought it would be go down. Now, could the disciple have feared they'd be losing closeness and connectivity with Jesus? In reality, he would be closer and more connected to them than ever before because they would now have done just his, uh, his physical presence with them. His spirit would now take up precedence inside them. So it is no small things that Jesus' revelation to his disciples remains true for us more than 2,000 years later. And yet, we might be tempted to respond to his news as the disciples did. How could anything be better than you right here beside us? We want you, Jesus, not just the helper, your spirit. So I can't help but wonder what Jesus would say to those of us feeling unsure even now about it being better to have his spirit living in us than to have his physical presence beside us. I envision uh, Jesus' response or responding with, uh, with tenderness, yet certainly saying something like this, my child, my child, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. The Holy Spirit makes me even more real and beautiful to you. He takes up residence in your heart so you will never be alone and never be without what you need. He is making you more like me. And let me tell you what else He can do for you. Oh, just let me tell you how He 
is to your advantage. So Jesus said it was better that he ascend to the Holy Spirit would, uh, uh, would descend. This is what most of us miss. The Spirit isn't be feared, but revered. Romans 8, 15, verse 6, uh, Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 15 to 16, the Bible says, For ye have not received the Holy Spirit of bondage, again to fear, but have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So, He, okay, the Holy Spirit is for our good because He indwells in us and ushers us in a new death of dimension in our relationship with God, the Father and God the Son. So, He enables us to love Jesus and live in His likeness. So, the Holy Spirit, He encourages us to share the hope of the gospel and He equips us to fulfill the unique calling on our lives. So, He is God, the Holy Spirit, and He is essential to us experiencing everything Jesus died and rose again to give us. And number three, see, I told you, I'll be quick. The, uh, the Holy Spirit is our comforters, okay? He comforts you. In John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may be abide with you forever. In verse 17, He even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. You know, it's easy to ignore the Holy Spirit when we've been told or have just assumed that He isn't that relevant or necessary to flourishing faith. Why do we need the Holy Spirit when we have Jesus? It's a fair question a lot of Christians ask. But today's passage, brethren, will help us that that's a question none of us will ask again. In other translation, the Holy Spirit here is called helper. The Greek word translated helper in this verse is uh, para, parakletos, okay? Which literally means called to one side. But this wasn't just any helper. See, even more exciting is how Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be another helper. The Greek word translated another is this verse is alion, which is this context that translate, I mean, translates as another of the same kind. So Jesus is uh, assuring here that um, disciples and us, the Holy Spirit isn't less than him or even similar to him, but just like him. So God the Father... God the Son and God the Holy Spirit coexist as the eternal, meaning no beginning and no end. Uh, the Holy Spirit coexists, okay, and also omnipresent, meaning existing everywhere at all times. And they are omnipresent, knowing everything, and omnipotent, all-powerful Godhead. Now, the Spirit is uh, 
the Spirit's presence is the manifestations of the Trinity among us today. And though He carries the same authority and shares the same attributes as God the Father and God the Son, He performs distinct functions. This is important and speaks to the tragedy of the Spirit often being neglected and forgotten. God the Holy Spirit God the Holy Spirit does specific work in us in a dif differs from that of God the Father and God the Son. So now, in the translation, we just read that the Holy Spirit is called another helper by Jesus, but it's another translation because parakletos is too full of meaning to translate into just one, wo one word. The Holy Spirit is also our comforter our counselor, advocate, strengthener, intercessor, and standby. Okay, let's continue. What will make a dramatic difference in how you live in knowing God Almighty dwells in you by His Holy Spirit? And then believing that everything that is His is yours. His power, His wisdom, His strength, and joy. His peace and comfort, His love. God manifests all of Himself in the people through His Spirit. So if you're, if you're struggling to love an, an unlovable person or forgiving an offense, an, an offense that the world tells you is unforgivable or heal from a devastating heartbreak, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He is able to to help you. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit's role is to make us more like Jesus and this is who Jesus is. He loves his enemies, forgives his accusers and killers, and brings wholeness and healing to brokenness. So whether there, um, whether there are strongholds of sin that need to be broken, where there is spiritual warfare that needs to be won, where there is toxic thinking that needs breakthrough, this is where the Holy Spirit of God is desperately needed and more than capable. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that had called us to glory and virtue. Now, do we believe do we believe this? Everything we need inside of us all and all and only because the Holy Spirit inside us is all sufficient. This doesn't mean we don't need community and friendship or help from outside sources. It means we have excuse me. It means we have we can have confidence because the God inside us wholly equips us for what's before us. Again, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Peter didn't say, You might receive the Spirit. He did, not, he did not lay out a list of ways to achieve 
being filled the, the Spirit, He said, you will receive when you believe. You will receive when you believe. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. He is in you. He is for you. He is for now. And this gift is one that God wants us to enjoy, not to avoid. Okay? And number four, He never abandons you. He never abandons us. In, in John chapter 14, verse 18, Jesus said to His disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What a beautiful verse. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. One of my favorite um, characteristics of the Holy Spirit is His loyalty. We never have to fear letting God down so deeply that His Spirit will flee. This may likely go against much of you what you've heard about, about God. Maybe you've heard that nar narrative uh, that God will stop loving you if your behavior isn't godly enough or your performance isn't, performance isn't perfect enough. But listen to me, my friend. God's presence through His indwelling Spirit is permanent. The Holy Spirit is the most loyal companion we will never, we will never have. Even in our loneliness moment, we are never truly alone. We've never needed to know this like we do today. When loneliness is being, um, being called the new pandemic epidemic in America, loneliness is actually the number one fear of young people today. They are more afraid of loneliness than they are of losing a home or a job. And 42% of millennial women are more afraid of loneliness than a cancer diagnosis. So scientists now recognize that loneliness not only leads to depression, anxiety, and other painful uh, psychiatric disorder, but it also works. But it's also, I'm sorry, but it also wrecks havoc or our bodies, leading to serious physical ailments. Now, even in our most rebellious days, the Holy Spirit stays. He lovingly convicted us and wooing us back to the heart of Jesus. And here's the other thing. He helps us stay. When the day feels too hard to face and we want to quit showing up or when we want to run okay and we want to run from relationship or make ourselves numb to our hard uh, hard uh, realities he helps us stay he helps us stay because he stays too you know and there isn't anything we can't face when we know we have the power of the spirit inside of us Oh, we can grieve Him and we can quench Him, but we cannot lose Him. This is our post-Pentecost promise. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, quench not the Holy Spirit. So we do know that He's still closer than our breath, okay? Even it feels like God has ceased up, I mean, to uphold His promise to never abandon us because the pain runs so deep and the silence feels so loud 
and life feels so disappointing. I might not know what valleys you're walking through, you know, or have come, uh, um, or have come through. But I do know this. I do know this. Not only will He not abandon you, but His desire is to comfort you. His comfort is the assurance that Jesus knows your pain enters into your pain and won't waste your pain. His comforts provide supernatural hope, not the kind of hope like when we say, I hope these things happen. I hope, you know, I can heal from this pain. It is the hope of salvation that will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. For we know that. How dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. And again, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says, And he, I mean, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, His abiding presence is eternal and eternal. I mean, internal and eternal. He is the faithful friend you long for, my friend, taking your hand and leading you toward your hope of wholeness. And my last point is, He is equal and essential. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to the dynamic and thriving life of the Christian. So our lack of attention to the affection of all that He is, is designed to do in our lives, leaves us powerless to live. So life to the fullest, as Jesus came to give us, Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, Okay, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So what are, what are some signs that we neglect or forgotten? the essentiality of the Spirit. What are some signs that we neglect or forgot in the essentiality of the Holy Spirit? So when our faith feels dry or stagnant, when we find ourselves struck, stuck, I'm sorry, in behaviors and patterns from which we've been set free, when tox toxic thoughts take up residence in our mind, when we put ourselves and, uh, on the throne, seeking praise and glory that isn't ours. But beyond that, to neglect Him and treat Him as the inferior part of God is insulting to the Trinity and inconsistent with Scripture. Now, understanding the essentiality and beauty of the Spirit will profound enhance our lives and our walks with Jesus. We need Him. My friend, we need Him. We see the significance of the Spirit's work 
throughout all scripture starting in Genesis 1:1 to verse 2 the, the the beginning the bible says in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep of the deep and the spirit take note and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters so both new and old testament i'm sorry both old and new testament attest to the holy spirit being an equal number i mean member of the trinity so one good example from the old testament is found in deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 which is the central verse of israel's faith called the shema okay the bible says here o israel the lord our God is one Lord, meaning one God is three divine and equal person. Okay? In the New Testament, we see evidence of them working together in many passages, but one of the most significant places where we were um, where we see the equality of the three in one. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, we just read that verse. Jesus taught his disciples to baptized in the threefold name of the father the son and the holy spirit so if we are trying to be a um, a witness for christ and grow in likeness of christ without the power of christ that's impossible isn't it okay so the holy spirit we will remain frustrated and discouraged we only get so far without the spirit's help no matter how hard we strive, no matter how, how we strive, human efforts cannot produce supernatural results. We can determine to be more patient, but without the Spirit, our ability to remain calm when dealing with a difficult situation or a person will run dry, we can determine to be more loving, but our cup a capacity, I'm sorry, to love the unlovable will not reflect the kind of uh, the love of Jesus modeled. So we can determine to be more dis disciplined, but our power over temptation will take us so far. We don't need more willpower, willpower. We need more spirit power. This is why it's not enough to acknowledge his existence yet avoid him as part of the Christian experience. Okay? So now as, uh, as I end, we rob ourselves from experiencing the power of God when we neglect the significance of the Holy Spirit's work. So our faith will flourish to the extent that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I hope and pray that this... Uh, short devotion that we have will uh, give us encourage to uh, trust to the father the son and the holy spirit you know do not be dismayed you know god is always with us and we thank you for your presence tonight and once again uh, as we continue to pray for one another let let the holy spirit work in us and may may the work of god be be in us okay so god bless you all i love you and hope to see you once again sooner
Okay? Let's bow our heads in closing prayer. Yes, God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, um, rebuking us, O oh Lord, and telling us, Lord, to uh, to trust in you more. But we we thank you, O oh Lord, for the salvation that you have given us. And we pray, Father, Lord, that uh, as we live in this sinful world, may they see they see Jesus in our heart. Once again, Lord, we thank you and we glorify your name once again. And I, I pray, Lord, that this short message, Lord, will lead us uh, to love you more and to trust you more. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Good night.